This episode is brought to you by The Wellness Summit, the one day that's going to change your life. For more information, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat, featuring Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up For A Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And today, we've got something extraordinary to share with you guys. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we found ourselves absolutely inundated with your emails, your messages, talking to us about how did busy people manage to stay healthy? You know, one thing that is, um, you know, screaming out loud and clear is that we live in a culture that's so action-oriented and producing results and, you know, making things happen and looking after our families. That's the kind of culture that we live in. So the questions that you guys have been asking us is how do we actually manage to have it all? Be healthy and look after the family, look after the kids, look after the business and bring it all together in a way that everybody wins. So we thought that was a perfect topic to talk to you about today. How do busy people stay healthy? Tell us your words of wisdom, oh gurus of it all. We'll start with Cindy. I think one of the biggest things is that everyone says to me, I don't have time. So let's give everybody four more hours in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Four more hours. What do you uh-huh. think? Yeah. So I know there's only 24 hours in a day and we can't change that. If I could, I guess I'd be God, but we can and I'll tell you how we do it. Uh, you do it by prioritizing, number one. But the main thing is, is that you get up at early in the morning. That Have an early start. So for me, uh, trying to keep myself healthy and my children healthy and my family healthy and keep my business going, I started to get up at 4.30 in the morning. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, Karen. Like weird. 4.30 in the morning. Get out. <laughs> and you know what? It's really easy in the summer. Because the you know the sun's coming up about that time. In the winter, it's harder. So start it maybe in the summer and then pull it through to the winter. But it's about getting up early because re- and realizing that those first two hours at four thirty to six thirty, nobody calls, right, Kim? Mm-hmm. Although having said that, I was going to say, <laughs> I call you. Kim calls me. <laughs> she will text me at five thirty. I've even had emails from her at three thirty. Oh my god! Oh, I'm yeah. so glad I'm not in that little. <laughs> Communication click you have there. Oh, hell no. But you know what? If you really want to get something done. That's true. It's true. Okay, I can see. And you have a real passion about it and you have children. And even if you, like, for people who work nine to five, let's say, and they're working a job they don't even like, in order for them to get out of that job and educate themselves and do the things they need to do, they're going to have to get up at 4.30. That's very true. That's so very it doesn't true. matter if you've got children or a business or what it is or where you want to succeed. Sometimes you've got to get out of the, the, the what everybody else is doing, do something different so you can have something different in your life. And what I had to do was if I wanted to do have my business and write my books and um, get that information out there, I had to get up early. So between 4.30 and 6.30, you can do a number of things. Number one, no, you can't sleep. I saw you do that. <laughs> 
There's no sleeping between those hours. So what I would do is I'd either catch up on work or write some of my books or write some of my book or do some research or it would be a time to go out and exercise. And I committed to a couple of girlfriends that I would meet them on the beach at 4.30. And that commitment to my girlfriends meant that I couldn't leave them at 4.30 in the morning, winter especially, alone on that beach. I had to be there. So it was a commitment Monday, Wednesday and Friday, we meet on the beach. 4.30, we walk for an hour till 5.30. Believe it or not, in Queensland, coffee shops do open around 5.30, 6 o'clock. So then we'd stop and have a cup of tea, talk about all the problems of our lives and solve the problems of the world. By 6.30, I was home in time for my kids to wake up. Then you do the, the whole thing again. So I've just found you two hours. Everybody happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Two hours, 4.30 to 6.30 that you would normally have not had. There's two more hours. In order to do that, you have to go to bed early. Mm. You cannot be going to bed at midnight. And the way you do that is you stop watching television. Because television is watching somebody else live their life instead of you living yours. So many mothers that I know of will sit down at 7 o'clock in front of the television and may not get up until midday because, well, midnight, sorry, because they believe that that's my time. That's, you know, that's my time. Well, use that time well. Don't use it to watch somebody else live their life. Do something with your life. So I, I, I think 9 o'clock is a good time to start getting into bed, especially in the winter, maybe 10 in the summer. Then getting up early. So basically the, the typical Australian will watch around 5 to 6 hours of television every single day. Jeez, I find that so hard to believe that you're right. Yeah, well, they, you know, they know how to figure this out. So they just figure out there's 23 million people and you divide by the amount of hours people are watching 7, 9, 10, ABC and SBS and that's how they figure it out. So I figure someone's watching my six hours. Think about it. Yes. So wow, that the, is a lot though. I mean, you yeah. think about what that equates to over a week and a month and a year, like that's... It's big time. That's heartbreaking. Well, that's, but, but it's true though because you can say like we have a rule in our house, no television goes on in the morning and certainly no television on while we're eating dinner at the table. So, But I notice a lot of families will put TV on in the morning. So you can be watching morning television while you're sort of getting ready and everything, but it's such a distraction. You're not really present with what you're doing and it's also, mm-hmm. yeah, it might be a way to keep up with the news and things like that, but it's not always the most productive way of being and I find the worst thing with us with morning television is the children get so distracted that they're not actually focused on what they need to do. So, yeah. And then you would probably, you know, like being at home, even people without children being at home, putting that on, it's distracting. Uh, it's because you, you think, oh, I want to hear that piece and you go out there and you watch it for five, ten minutes and then the news comes on or some weather thing comes on and then something else comes on and so you're, you're distracted as well. It's not just kids, it's it's adults alike that are distracted by it. But let's just say, you know, I believe our audience is very intelligent and I don't think that they'd be watching that much tele- television. In actual fact, I bet they were all aghast at what I said. So let's just say two hours. And that's not hard. That's sitting down and maybe watching an hour television of news. And Hamish and Andy. And Hamish and Andy. Okay. So they would just watch two hours. Or Downton Abbey. Just oh, saying. really? Just saying. Just yes, saying. But you know what? Downton Abbey would be so much shorter if we didn't have advertisements. I know. So I wait for the video to come out. Mm. And then I watch television series like that. If I'm really interested and I want to learn about something about culture and tradition, because that's mm-hmm. what Downton Abbey is. Mm-hmm. It is, isn't it? Culture Co- Definitely culture mm-hmm. and tradition. <laughs> I watch movies. I, yeah. go straight to, I go straight to Foxtel and I watch the movie channels. Yeah. But aren't there ads? No, not oh. on the movies. 
No, not in the movie channels, there's not. They, the movies run straight through. That's so a great escape. But I just brought up a great point. We're not saying don't watch television yeah. or don't have enjoyment and watching a movie because sometimes that is a nice way to switch off it's if you're trying to find extra time to oh, do totally. the things that you're committed yeah. to. Yeah. Absolutely. Good point. And and that's what um, I, that's how you find your four hours extra. Two hours that you may have been watching television and two hours getting up earlier. And there's four hours. Imagine what you can do with four hours extra every day. You, you can get a lot achieved. And especially between 4.30 and 6.30, after a good night's sleep, your brain is just powering. It really does. I just can't. I get more done in that two hours than I do in eight hours at the office or when the kids are around or when my girlfriends are around doing podcasting. Stop it. We don't distract her. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that, but I think she's referring to us, though. I think she might be. I think she's inferring that we are a distraction. <laughs> a very pleasant one, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I think number one is we don't make time an excuse anymore. But there is a way to find time. And all of us have exactly the same amount of time. Some of us are very successful and some of us aren't. And it's about looking and modelling. You know, we talked about modelling and modelling what people are doing and how they're doing things. And this, this I learned this from somebody else years ago, and so I modelled them. Mm. And I think another big excuse, you said time's one excuse. I think another excuse for people not being healthy is money Mm. Um, and I get that everywhere I go and and I understand and I hear people say yes time and money the reasons why I don't take care of myself why I don't eat properly all of those things but I actually turn around and believe it's not about time and money it's about prioritizing Mm. if your health is a priority you will find the time and money and I guess the only way I can give that as an example is um, because you know people say oh yeah, yeah I can do that but really think about that if I said to you in order to be healthy you had to have three beautiful meals a day organic, raw as possible, all those different things. Plus you had to have a massage a week for a whole of next year or for a whole, one whole year. Most people would say, oh, I wouldn't have the time or money. Until I add a little bit to the end of that. If the health of someone you really love depended on you finding the time and money to do that, you would then find the time and money to do it. Let's say it was your child or your partner or someone that you absolutely adored. If the life of them depended on you having a massage a week and eating beautiful meals every day, all of a sudden your priorities changed and your priorities shifted and you now it's now at the top of the list and it's not about time and money. And we see that over and over again. When someone's sick, all of a sudden they'll travel to different states of the world to get the medication or to get the treatment that they want. It's not about time and money and you know if you do not take the time and and money now to help with your health then later on in life you're going to take a lot of time and money for sickness well i always say invest in your health and wellness Mm. today so that sickness does not invest in itself new tomorrow so priorities is number one Mm. we and and health is a priority because if you haven't got your health you can't get up at 4 30 in the morning you can't keep with the kids you can't run a business you you can't uh, you know, do the things that you want to do because you don't have the energy, you can't walk or you don't feel well or you just want to lay in bed. So it's really important that we, we do those. So you brought up a good point about getting up early. The counter side to that is what if I'm going to be late? So I'm not getting enough sleep. What do we know happens in the body or the mind or the brain or what goes on when we aren't getting enough sleep? And what we're finding now, especially with the research of T.S. Wiley, she basically says that she feels that every human being should be getting at least eight hours of sleep every night. And I know some people feel really great because they only have to live on three. Eventually, the biochemistry of the body won't work. So let me... 
briefly explain what happens. If we do not get the darkness in our life, then the lightness in our life cannot be in contrast to it and therefore the biochemistry of the body work as it does. So we work on a 24-hour cycle, night and day, black and white, and what happens in that time is our biochemistry is changing with that. And so sleep and darkness is important. One of the functions it's really important for is the activation of cholesterol to make vitamin D. And vitamin D is important for the immune system. It's also important for so many reactions in the body so that we can um, do the things that we need to do for energy and health and immunity. And the problem at the moment is is that everybody has a vitamin D deficiency, it seems. You know, we live in, we, you know, the three of us live in southeast Queensland. We have more sun than, you know, most people around the world. Yet they're saying that around 60% of southeast Queenslanders have a vitamin D deficiency. Wow. And it's the lack of sleep is what T.S. Wiley is saying rather than... Um, not enough sunlight. We, we, we get that. Oh. Right? So sleep's important, but that's just one of the factors I, that it's important for. Is, what's that word? Um, is it circadian rhythms? It's it's yeah. around keeping our rhythms, the rhythms of life happening as well. So if we're overworking or we're not doing well, then it upsets the rhythms or the biorhythms of our body and therefore it affects the immunity. Is that is that the process? Definitely. That's all part of it too. And Dr. Jack Cruz, uh, he's an absolute expert on this and he's always talking about not only the circadian rhythms but the geothermals so the night, the coolness of the night and the heatness of the day. It's Which means it must affect people who fly or yes. people who uh, are shift yeah. workers and people like that. So maybe, you know, these people have to do even more to stay committed to their health and well-being. Definitely. And, you know, that's one of the problems that, you know, a lot of people have is when they travel. So, you know, one of the questions that Karen's been asking us is that she's going to Europe and how do I eat healthy? Do I take my thermix and my magic bullet? Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> Do I drag all that all the way over to the other side of the world with me? But it's true. Like, I get asked all the time, oh, my God, how do you stay healthy when you're on the road so much when mm. you're travelling? Mm. For me personally, it's about being organised. That, mm. That's the number one thing for me. I pre-prepare. I, I take food with me. I, I know Cindy travels with a red lunchbox. I've got a beautiful striped one. And it has... Oh, um, yeah, sorry, a striped one. Christmas, Mike. Okay. Birthday. Santa's coming to the line this corner. Um, but seriously, I find that if I have food with me, I, I don't know whether it's a security blanket or what, but I feel better I feel I because I know that I'm going to get hungry at some point and if I get hungry then I'm driven to buy products that maybe aren't the best for me to get me through the rest of the day and yes being an incredibly busy person a mother a business owner and a creative director of, of, of my business I have to be on my game and I also have to be there for my husband I also have to be there for my children my cats and and the way that the home runs and I'm not saying that as a have to of becoming a martyr I want to be there mm. but I do believe in happy wife happy life if the woman of the house is happy and healthy life runs smoothly for everyone else there is no doubt i don't think anybody would disagree out there. <laughs> not at all but kim when you travel as karen does as i we get off a plane get in a taxi go to an event speak karen will speak for five days you know you three days me three days sometimes we'll do an hour sometimes two hours and if our minds aren't working right, we're going to stand on the stage and not give our, our best. So let's talk about what you do um, as far as what are the foods that you prepare. Like, will you eat airplane food? 
No. <laughs> Don't freak me out about it. There's a loaded question. And you, my dear, put me right off airplane food even more when you told me about what was in these the most healthiest version on there, which was a chicken wrap, and the chicken wasn't even chicken. So oh. I, yeah, no, don't. Let's not go there. But, um, but let's, yes. let's just talk about that. Oh, okay, it was really funny. There. This is really oh, yeah. funny. Gross I was out. flying between um, Perth and um, one of the mining towns, and the hostess comes down to me because there wasn't many people on the plane and this beautiful salad was presented in front of me and I'm someone who reads ingredients and it's in a plastic wrap thing. So I switch it over and I look at it and I, I pull my computer out and I start typing away, you know, getting the ingredients of the chicken salad because there was like a thousand ingredients in it. And I'm typing away and she comes down and she said, is there a problem with the food? And I went, have you read what's in this? And she says, yes, that's why we don't eat it. Oh, my God, that's what she said. She said that. She said that. So every time, I can't do plain food. And it's so funny, on Facebook recently we had this whole issue about it and and everybody was giving their ideas. And so I gave my ideas. I said, well, I travel, like you said, Kim, with a red lunchbox. I don't have a briefcase. That's more important to me. The briefcase, you know, that can... Check that in. Check that in. That's fine. I just need my lunchbox. So I'll sit there. With my cater, because it's the easiest thing, and cater is coconut, almond, date, and apple, and that's in our in our new chocolate book, um, which is called Fifty Shades of Chocolate. Would you believe? <laughs> um, and that one's actually called Kadak, isn't it, Kim? Yeah, because we coconut. Added- we added cacao to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll put that yogurt, fresh fruit. If I know that I am not going to get lunch, um, I'll actually put a salad in as well, but I've got some cold cuts from the night before, put the greens down, put those in, a couple of other things, and, and it's not hard. And then I'll Or, or I'll, I'll take a thermos. You know, yes. I'll, I'll have my thermos with me with my green smoothie. If I have my green smoothie, that will get me through hours because there's so much goodness in it that I don't crave and I'm not hungry. Or I'll take boiled eggs and my beautiful sea salt. I'll like quick snacks, dates and almonds. That I have a or a trail mix even. That's yeah, a trail mix, and I love it. I absolutely love it because so long as I can curb that, it's amazing. Actually, you think you're hungry. If you've ever done this, you'll understand what I'm saying. You think you're starving, hungry, and you look at the menu or you sit down, you order a big sandwich or a big roll or whatever it is. Let's say three or four bites into that, all of a sudden you've now got a phone call to take or you've got to go and do something, and you're distracted now for another hour. I guarantee you, you are not hungry because you've just had three or four bites of something, but you think you're starving and you have to eat the whole thing. Mm. So what I learned from that many years ago is I actually don't need to eat lots and lots of food. Um, Sometimes snacking can work better for people. I'm someone who just, so long as I have a good quality protein in there, I feel so much better. So long as I I don't, I don't, I don't want carbs. Does that make sense? I'm not craving breads anymore. I don't want that. I want quality protein, which is why I love taking the cater with me or an egg or some, one of my favorite things at the moment is I make a, a, I guess it's a quiche in the morning. I'll put six eggs. I beat it with a little bit of water and sea salt. I put it into the base of a dish with some baking paper and then I add onion, um, spinach, uh, asparagus, tomato and a little bit of feta or parmesan cheese and I bake it. Now that's quite a lot of egg in there. There's no way I'd eat all that in one setting but I'm already making it for breakfast. My gosh, I have a quarter of it for breakfast. I then pack the other half or three quarters of it into my lunchbox and there's my snack for lunch when I'm on the plane. So it's not taking me more time. It's I'm already making breakfast but I've now thought ahead to lunch maybe even afternoon tea. Does and you just sense? saved money too. That's the key. You've saved money because if you go 
um, to the bakery, number one, you're saving your health, and number two, you're saving money. Because if you go to the bakery, you're paying up to four and five dollars for a piece, you know, like you know, a, a delicious. Um, what are they called? Eight ninety five, love, oh, and then really? add salad. You're talking fourteen ninety five. So like, this is this is us saving money as well. Mm. It's not just about our health, but this is about having the time, the money, and the health. We've basically covered those three topics now. And the priority, what is your priority? Is your priority to have, um, I I don't know, uh, to get out the door by 6 o'clock, or is your priority to get out the door by 6 o'clock with a lunchbox? You know, so it's, Mm. and it's not hard. You can do it every time. Night before preparation as well. Yeah, well, that's the key. I say to the kids, you want to sleep in longer in the morning, get everything ready the night before. It's not rocket science what we're saying here. I think having a machine called the Thermomix came into my life um, seven years ago with you, and I think um, really that changed the way I approach life because I can make a hummus dip in, I'm not kidding, within a minute, mm. ever in the morning. I could make a cashew nut, sun-dried tomato dip within 30 seconds. I, I think maybe the key to that then is being prepared, like you said, like my, my, my pantry is loaded with staples, um, which include nuts and seeds, and um, and I had my sun-dried caps and, and I often will buy fruit and vegetables every day so I can throw it all in. Um, and then you adapt. And I guess really what this comes back to from my point of view, perhaps for someone like you, Karen, who's always going on, she thinks that us two are such nutters with our food, but she loves it because you're actually <laughs> doing it more and more, aren't you, mm, mm. Is, um, is education, knowing which are the right foods to eat, which is why you're listening to this podcast, I would imagine, is that you're learning what is the right foods to have. For me, I try and have lots of um, raw, foods in my I want some salad base even if it's lettuce so long as I've got some salad base or from a fruit point of view at least an apple I want something raw something intelligent something that's alive not animals I don't mean like that but you know something that's real food that's not in a tin or a package it's really important to me I think um, since working with you guys more closely especially I think in the last year I mean I've known you for years but just the last year you finally got through I know you've been trying awfully hard (laughs) but what's become more and more obvious to me as I'm getting older is that and I'm getting more and more busy it's that both my diet and my stress contributes to my well-being and my sense of well-being and my ability to perform and function you know I don't have kids so my life is is a little different to to yours because I'm not sharing my time between me my children my partner and running a home you know I'm one of those very fortunate women I have a you know I have a partner who pulls his weight in the house I have a cleaner I have a big business where I'm juggling nine eight or nine projects at any given time so for me that's what consumes me and my business is my life and I wouldn't have it any other way it's my absolute passion and I wouldn't trade it for anything um you know I see the world as my my babies babies (laughs) and those two dogs and my two fluffy dogs and we're quite happy to be your babies the way you nurture and educate us truly well I do I guess I do feel that way I feel that humanity is my responsibility and my contribution to humanity is my responsibility so whatever it takes I will be and do whatever it takes in order to have a massive contribution on a global scale Um, so for me I, I, I find that it was really about my ability to perform because I had such great expectations and such great plans and such grand dreams that if I was not able to perform then everything falls 
down the tubes. So your way of thinking around food had a, I guess it really resonated with me because it just made sense. What I'm finding now is that it's about, you know, the whole concept of thinking ahead. It's about now when I get when I do make my dinner, now I'm making perhaps three times more than what I ordinarily would make because then that will give me lunch, lunch leftovers for tomorrow and I might like to have a little bit of that for breakfast if I feel like it and if I'm going to be out on the road, I might have it for lunch and then an afternoon snack or something. Mm. So now it's a case of me thinking, well, when I take the chicken out of the freezer, I'm not just going to take one chicken breast out, I'll take out a double mm. and cook the whole lot so that I've got plenty there. Great idea. Mm. Well, you know, it's, it's serving me amazingly because now... Now when I do go out and I do eat when I'm speaking now, I've got something there to eat in the car before I get up on stage or on my way down there, I've got something to eat. But I'm very much like you, Kim, in that I want to have something alive. Mm. I don't want to just have cooked foods because for me, I love the sense and the feeling that I get when I'm eating raw baby spinach and I can eat that till the cows come home, you know eating lettuce it's like chips to me so I really really love you that you just said that yeah. at lunchtime yeah you oh, did it's like chips to me <clears> I love, love it. the way that Cindy <laughs> ran out to her veggie garden she brings in a lettuce puts it on the on the like we're so busy when I think about it she puts it on the table and she goes here make the salad I've got to do a radio interview so she runs out there this one Karen's turned up with a bag of kelp what were they oh, kelp noodles oh, and fabulous. and beautiful cranberries blueberries and goji's. Ra- and goji's already I've got the chickens and I had dessert all sorted which I'd made them the night before and it's like we all pull together she arrives back lunch is on the table we've done our talk we're back on the on the air you know like I think it, it can be done if it's a priority that's what it comes back to and it's so true it's actually making it a priority understanding the how important it actually is I never got it I really never got how important my food was to my productivity. I just honestly, I, and in fact, it's hitting me again now as I'm, as I'm even sitting here saying the words, I never got it. I never, I never realized food equaled fuel because I always ate for comfort or I always ate for reward or I always ate for socialization. I never got that food is actually fuel and if I get to do it with people that I love or all the better. I never put those pieces and in maybe the let's together. Just frame that even more perfectly. Good fuel, food yeah, yeah, makes right. great fuel, yeah. which then creates better out productivity. Yeah, for sure. Because for some people listening, or perhaps not our listeners, but perhaps for some people, food could mean a bag of chips, whereas mm. we are talking a bag of kelp noodles. You know, like so, it's quite different mindset. And I think that's true. Like when I look at my partner Matt. You know, for him, good food is a pack of chips. Mm-hmm. And good food for him is, is you know, um, ice cream. That's good food because that's what we're so conditioned to eat. And for him, he's still very much in that flow of eating normal, traditional foods that we get brought up with and told is right for us and healthy and going to be okay. And, you know, if you throw a bit of lettuce on with that, it should make it a perfect meal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as long as you have lettuce before you have your ice cream, you'll be right. Mm. You know, so I think that um, the other the, the thing that I wanted to point out was being prepared to do things differently. Yeah, I agree with it. We have to do things differently because... People who are doing the same thing are getting the same result, and that's what we call a statistic. And when we have a look at the financial position of many Australians, the health conditions of many Australians, the relationships, everything, 
people are doing the same thing and getting the same result and that's why we get a statistic. I'll repeat that over and over again because people don't realise that if you do things differently, you don't be, you're not one of the statistics. Yeah. So people might be thinking, oh, those crazy girls, they go to all that effort. Well, I wouldn't, I'm not going to take a lunchbox on the plane. Well, guess what? We do things differently because we don't want to be a statistic. Mm. We Financially, in our health, in our relationships, we don't want to be one of those statistics. We want to be better than that or, or try and be better than that. And in order to do that, you cannot do what the, everybody else is doing. Mm. So if you are sticking out like a sore thumb because you're doing things differently, such as taking your toast <laughs> or your bread. So I went for breakfast with some friends at a cafe in Mooloolaba and I knew that they would only serve normal people bread and white toast and I am allergic to wheat. So I decided to take some gorgeous, fresh sprouted Scene bread with me in a little plastic container and when it came time to make my order I handed the waiter my bread and said can you please pop my mushrooms and spinach on the bread and he looked at me like I was an alien <laughs> but I've got to be honest I didn't walk out of that meal bloated in pain feeling like I just put my body through hell I actually walked out of that meal feeling extremely satisfied and I actually felt very um, virtuous I think I did feel a little bit like that because I thought, well, hang on a second. I just did something really different there and it's not the norm. But I felt really good about it. And if anybody else wanted to do something different, then perhaps I gave them permission to do the same, you know? So from so that's great. We're, we're you know, talking about food and being prepared is obviously a big thing, having staples in our pantry, um, trying to buy intelligent raw as much as possible, all of those things, and being prepared is the big thing. How do you both fit an exercise? I know you're both busy. I know you're both full on. How do you guys fit an exercise and what sort of exercise do you do? Mine is always the walk, you know, like I, I, I do that early in the morning uh, and and that's all I do, Kim, is I walk, although my daughter at she's the moment... almost like she's apologising. <laughs> I am apologising. Oh, <laughs> Kim, who does 50 yeah, kilometres exactly. in any one day. <laughs> but I, I do walk and at the moment my daughter's walking with me and she's making me do core exercises. I got oh, the why? I'm putting it on Facebook. You looked hot. <laughs> My stomach, I couldn't get out of bed the next day. I rang her. Oh, I, I rang her upstairs and I said, come down and get me out of bed. You made me do this. Okay, so that's called dance, <laughs> the delayed onset of muscle soreness. Now, that occurs when we do too much too soon. So the key to that is right. it's great. In fact, I think exercising with young people is a great virtue because they've got it going on and it's natural for them. But what we need to understand is if we haven't done that form of exercise for a while, then we don't just run, jump in and try and run a marathon if we've never run beyond you know 5Ks in our life. So really good point. I think one of the key things for most of us, and yes, walking is fantastic, but what we know in order to create more calcium in the body and and our bodies and the bones to harden is we also need resistance exercise. So then a lot of people then say to me, I need to get to the gym. And then it comes back to, I haven't got the time, I haven't got the money. I'm too busy. And, you know, the amount of times I worked in gyms and people would sign up with all the excitement and everything, three weeks later you don't see them. Because it's boring. Yeah, not only that, but they thought they could buy the biceps and the core muscles. (laughs) That was what I thought. Yes, yes. I had a 
a girlfriend that joined because they had good showers. That was her reason for joining oh, a good gym. Grief, that's hilarious. Um, but in all seriousness, you don't have to be the gym junkie or running marathons. But what I would suggest to say someone like Cindy who's walking, you're going to go out for 30 minutes? Is that what you oh, do? Oh, at least an hour. hour. So you go for an yeah. hour. You might want to do something a little bit different every couple of walks. And that might be is to what we do, intensity exercise. So you might, between four lampposts now, you're going to walk that really fast. You're going to do that a lot faster. And then go back to your normal pace. But up it. Or you might see a tree or a big post there. Lean on it and do some press-ups against it. You don't have to go right down on the ground, but do some press-ups again. It's just to build some density into your upper body. And somebody's going to think that I'm trying to push the tree down. Yeah, and so what? You're doing something differently. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but, you know, doing things like that, if you're cycling, then maybe, you know, every 6th, 10th, 14th and 18th minute, you go a little bit faster. What I'm trying to say here is that you can fit your exercise in. You know, I've had for years people say to me, oh, you know, what sort of exercise should I do? Well, I broke it down into three areas. There's the 45-minute endurance where maybe you, like going out between 30 minutes and 60 minutes, going for a walk, doing a cycle, swim, whatever it is. That's great. But I always then have people say, oh, I haven't got time for that. So then I did what's called the 20-minute intensity, which is what I just mentioned. Every 6th, 10th, 14th and 18th minute, you hoon it for that one minute. So it's like you do your 20 minutes, you're sweating like anything at the end of it. In fact, this is the best fat-burning form of exercise. So for those busy people out there that want to be healthy and lose a bit of weight at the same time, 20-minute intensity to me is one of the greatest forms of exercise you could do. Then I still had people saying to me, oh, no, I'm too too busy for that for 20 minutes. (laughs) So I say... Do what I call the Fab Four and Five. It's four exercises done in five minutes. Now, if you haven't got five minutes of self-care, you know, exercise time, then you probably need to book a one-hour therapy session with a psychologist because you're not valuing yourself and your health and well-being. So I'm not saying to you guys, go out there and walk for hours or run or join gyms. I'm just saying do things. You know, the other day I was moving 1.5 cubic metres of dirt out the front to out the back for my new veggie garden because I got inspired by our Miss oh, Cindy here. Oh, nice. Yeah. But instead of going for so I had a choice. I could go for a run that afternoon and then I knew that the soil would have been sitting there and then I went, you know what, I'm going to have a different approach to this. I'm, I'm busy, but I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to turn this into a workout. And this is, you know, this was normal range of movement. I'm not, going, I'm not going to the gym and lifting weights, but can you imagine, I moved 1.3 cubic metres of dirt. You don't reckon that was a great workout for mm-hmm. me. So I moved and I was doing it. I was swapping sides with the wheelbarrow and to me that was I'm busy but I've created a garden and I've done my workout does that make sense? Could we call that Clayton's exercise? Yeah. Exercise you're doing when you're not really exercising? But I just learned this morning as you both know I asked for a little bit of extra time because I forgot we had a house inspection so I said to the kids and Danny right we've got a 45 minute workout coming up right? Cleaning the house? And everything was done with volition with Mm. real intensity Mm. and real integrity so I think you know when I talk about exercise for busy people you don't have to go to the gym for hours on end. You don't have to go for walks. It's about doing things with purpose and intention and using what God gave you, this extraordinary body, and using your own body as your form of resistance is a fantastic way to build muscle density. So you've actually just brought up something for me, is that if you have no time to exercise, perhaps you've got time to do the stairs instead of the escalator or the elevator. Absolutely. Perhaps park your car a kilometre away from the office and walk. You know, but you say this, and how many times have we all heard people say, yeah. Do we do it? I do. Yeah, I know you actually, do. Actually, I do do but this. Yeah. No, no. I do things <laughs> I actually do it. I'm the only one on the stairs at the airport. Yeah. No matter how heavy my bag is, 
Yeah. Although if it is 20 kilos. But that's a great workout. Yeah, it is a good workout. It's hard, I must admit. I will always take the stairs, not the escalator, the elevator, and I see these little fat businessmen (laughs) on the escalator, and I just think, why don't you just take the stairs? It's one way of incidental exercise. So it's, it's about being present in the moment and not being unconscious to going up those escalators, but taking the stairs in order, you know, to do it. It is about being present. Would you agree with me? You know, I just, well, I, I just got an idea. I just got an idea just now. I think, you know, we all have a diary, most of us. For busy people, chances are you're working to a diary or you're working to a schedule of appointments or a schedule of to-do lists or whatever it is. You're working to a schedule of something in order to get everything you need to get done in a specific time frame. Most of the time we know what's we, what we're going to do for the most part ahead of time. In terms of being present to the moment, I think it's about also choice. It's about saying, okay, well, what's in my diary today and what choices can I make that's going to have me be a healthier human being for the course of just today? I don't have to worry about tomorrow and I don't have to worry about being a supermodel in three months' time. All I have to worry about is what are my healthy choices that I'm going to make for myself today based on the schedule of things that need to occur today in order for my day to be a success. So if I'm going to the airport, I'm going to take the stairs. If I'm going to um, travel down, you know, for an hour in the car, I'm going to pack a series of foods that I'm going to take with me, which means I do actually need to get up earlier. And if I'm going to um, just take the kids to the school and then go and see the teachers and then come back and try and put my business together or, you know, work on my on my database or whatever it is that we're going to be doing, build in some healthy options. I, you know, I, I, just, I just got an idea now. I'm at my desk when I'm not speaking. I'm usually at my desk for anywhere between 8 and, you know, 11 hours at any given time. But I have a fitball and I, I alternate from my fitball to my chair. Mm-hmm. And I do that for my posture and for my back. But I can actually be doing sit-ups while I'm waiting for emails to come in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, while I'm sitting on my football, it's just as easy for me to roll back on my football, punch out a couple of sit-ups, and then do the next email. Mm-hmm. And then to roll back on my football, punch out a couple of sit-ups, and then make a phone call. Or, you know, to be giving myself a stretch on my football while I'm on the phone. Mm. Those are the sorts of, to me, that's actually quite fun. Yeah. But those are the sorts of things that I think if we're organised and we're present to the moment and we make it a priority, then it allows us to make very conscious choices to create new habits with ourselves, but to do it day by day, Mm. bite by bite, chunk by chunk, because otherwise it becomes something so overwhelming that we just go, oh, look, it's never going to happen. I didn't do it today. I forgot. Oh, bugger it. I'll just leave it. Mm. I think it's about having every day be a new fresh start and a new commitment to the choices that we're going to make. And as I say, we know what our day is going to be like, so set it up that way so that by the time you get to the end, it's all... Yeah. You know, but you, you just made you made another good point there too, Karen. I think busy people sometimes beat themselves up if they fall off the wagon, or too they've true. had a bad day, too or they true. have a moment where they have eaten something on the run because they couldn't get to something. Um, you know, when we're travelling, Cindy, I know you and I, we can always, and you know, we count on each other. Someone, will, it's amazing. Someone will bring the apples. Someone will bring the mango. Someone will bring the the cater. And, and look, we just you just trust whatever's come, it comes. Um, what about when you're both travelling and you're in a hotel and you haven't had time to get to the markets. You're there for the weekend to speak. Uh, what do you do breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Like, what do you kind of look at from that point of view? Well, you know, often you can't take three or four days worth of food in your lunchbox. It gets a little bit hard. And sometimes you don't have the facilities to make the food. And you may not know where the nearest market is or or anything like that. 
So let's say I'm traveling overseas. I can usually guarantee if I go to a pub, you will get meat and vegetables or meat and salad. And, and I often will do that. And especially, I, I find now, if you go... I, 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 just, I, just, I know that just sounds hear, funny. Did we just hear Cindy yeah, yeah. Ramirez say go to a pub? Go to a pub. <laughs> did we? We heard it. We heard that. And because, it's recorded. <laughs> it's recorded. Well, like, I don't want to go to an Italian place because I don't like pasta and I don't want to eat those pizzas and pastas and things like that. But I find pubs have picked up their game, especially in England. You know, the food is absolutely brilliant. So that would be one place. I see, I don't know what it is, but I seem to have this homing beacon that I can pick or find a place, you know, like a, I, I must admit, in the middle of Queensland, in the outback, I have a struggle. Mm. But in most places around the world, I do not have a struggle with finding a good place to eat. So that would be one thing I would do. And I would, I would, I will search. I will spend a little bit of time and I will search restaurants and find out who's using what and what would be appropriate for me. It's so important to do that. But, but I even find, Cindy, you know, you're down, most breakfast places in a hotel will offer, you know, the full buffet plus cereals and breads and all that. Now, I don't go near the cereals, but I'll go near the fruit. So I'll go and get my bowl of fresh fruit. Um, but then there's always eggs. So for someone like me who does eat eggs, and I appreciate there might be some vegans listening, but there might be other, you know, it's tough for some people, even tougher. But I will get my scrambled eggs. I always carry a little salt with me in my container. And I'll have my eggs and my, and my fruit. That's that's a huge breakfast for me or I'll have it as an omelette you know and I've got my veggies all in there and you know like Kim you and I were in a situation where we were at a buffet and we did not like the food there the only thing we would have eaten was the scrambled eggs so we just asked the chef for a heap of rocket and so we got the scrambled eggs the tomato and the the rocket and it was a beautiful breakfast it cost me an extra dollar you it did I got away with not having to pay any she had a low top on Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's about asking it's about it's about understanding what you can eat. It's about finding the right places and, and seeking them out and trying to, like it's, it is in the mind sometimes. You can be a homing pigeon for a lot of things. You know that whole synchronicity thing? Like I, I remember walking in Tasmania um, in Hobart. I, I walked about 8K. I was tired and I really wanted something to eat. Everywhere was just the usual breakfast, you know, of like toast and or something like that. And for some reason, I walked into this this area, and there in this foyer was an organic cafe that made their own butter. They had truffle-scented eggs or or truffle-flavored eggs, which what they – I said, how do you flavor it, thinking they were using flavoring? They said, well, we put the truffle and then we surround the eggs around the truffle and it permeates through the egg and, oh, my gosh, I'm still salivating 10 years later. Wow. Wow. (laughs) But I just find that – if that's what you're looking for, you'll find it. Well, that's true. Your, your attention is on it, you're isn't atten- it? You've got an antenna. So it's not hard to travel. Uh, and it's not hard to find these foods. It, it is about preparation. It's about being mindful. It's about all of these things that we, we have already spoken about regarding. And, and, you know, just on that note, being busy and traveling and how do I fit my exercise in, if I don't know an oh, area, yeah. I might not want to go out walking the streets because I have been known to get lost. Um, and that's a worry when I'm somewhere I don't know. But what I will do, and I don't even have to travel with my yoga mat, I will get a towel, put it down in my room, and I'll do the Fab Four and Five, or I'll do my Salute to the Suns, or I'll do the Tibetan Five Rites. There's a number 
of things you can look up. And in 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, you've done your exercise in your room. You don't even have to worry about leaving the room in order to get that balance as well. Well, with iPads and um, smartphones now, you can even download your yoga lessons uh, right there. So you can do it all right in your room or an aerobics class or whatever you want to do. You can do it right there in your room. You don't have to. I met someone the other day who is working full-time. He's young, and he wanted to raise some money for a thing called Young Care, a a charity called Young Care. This man is raising money for charity, and he works full-time. And in the last 50 days, he has run 50 marathons in 50 days as a part of his sponsorship. And it's when I meet people like that that I look at myself even and go, oh, busy. You know what busy is. You know, like truly, it's it's. And I said to him, "How did you do it?" He said, "Kim, it was my priority. I wanted to give back." So do you see that mm-hmm. it's not about having to, wanting to, or shouldn't do? <laughs> is that a word? Shouldn't do. Like shouldn't do. <laughs> but it's about a priority. What is it that matters the most to you? Mm-hmm. If you remind me of a time when um, I had to fly to England, I flew in Friday and I left Sunday. Wow. Via Australia, you know, through Australia, and. I got to England. I went to Birmingham. I went to Birmingham. I took my walking shoes, thinking, well, in the morning before the conference, because it was a two-day conference, and I was speaking um, for one day of that conference. So I thought, I put my shoes in. Do you know, in Birmingham, it doesn't get light until after eight o'clock in the morning. In the morning, yeah. And so I'm going. Well, how can I go walking? So I made it. I was on the ninth floor. I just made that my exercise. I didn't take the elevator. And I know people will be going nine floors, but I went. Well, that's just what you got to do. Mm. You got to make. You got to be different. You got to make the effort, and you got to be mindful about what this is all about, and not say I can't do it. There's always a way. So, just coming to the end, one other quick point: um, relationships. Um, you know, being healthy is also about having healthy relationships. How do you both make time for the beautiful people in your lives, so that no one feels like they're not getting anything from you? What do you do? Well, I think it comes down to what we've already spoken about. I don't think that relationships are different. You know, in my book, How We Do One Thing is How We Do Everything. And I think that our attitude towards ourselves and our attitude towards our fuel, the attitude towards our businesses and our lives and so on, is all it all comes down to the same thing. It's about the prioritising. It's about choices. It's about being present to the person. Um, and it's about choosing to be present to the person as opposed to being in the person's presence and choosing to think about what's coming up up tomorrow or being in, in, in the presence of your children and thinking about what you're going to make for dinner and then the argument about who's not having capsicum and who's going to have, <laughs> you know, ice cream if they don't eat their dinner and so on. And I think it's, a, it's about being present to the situation, being present to the moment and choosing that. You know, more and more I'm becoming more clear that it's about our ability, life, the quality of life is about our ability to make conscious choice in every given moment as opposed to allowing life to be a random set of circumstances that occur without our say. You know, I think that we as humans have become so well conditioned that we just exist and we get up in the morning, we go to work, we come home, we get up in the morning, we go to work, we come home. We just exist. But I think more and more we're becoming aware and we're waking up to the fact that actually I can choose who I want to be about my food. I can choose how I want to be present to my relationships. I can choose the kind of person I'm going to be today. And our conscious choice and our conscious awareness is the thing that actually creates the greatest shift in our lives. Regardless of how busy we are. Regardless of how busy we are. Because, I mean, I can go in and be busy 
and be stressed while I'm busy, or I can be busy and be present while I'm busy. It's two very different states of being and are all determined by choice because my priority is a quality life and an extraordinary life. So as humans, I believe we can choose. It's just choosing to choose or choosing not to choose, but either way we're choosing. So how do you choose it with your friendships, relationships, husband, children? Well, I do podcasts with my friends. (laughs) (laughs) We're clever. See, we're clever. We work and play, you know. We're working and playing. I have a great team at work uh, and I feel like I'm around friends when I'm at work. When I come home, mealtimes are my most important times because that's when the family sits down, everything's off, no texting at the table, you know, everything is, and we are present with each other. Like last night, a beautiful meal was made. It was a really hot night. We went outside, um, and it's so nice outside in, in the summer, you know, but we went outside and we, we were there for about an hour just talking. No prepared conversation, nothing like that, but it was just one thing led to the other to the other. And I'm sure if somebody didn't need to go out, that that conversation that we were having may have gone for two hours. And for me, that 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 is vital. It's so that time. connection with my family and my and my kids and and my but daughter. You're, and you're a busy, busy woman. Yeah. You are incredibly busy. But what I'm also hearing from both of you is that we also make times for non-busyness. Yeah. Does that make sense? There's balance. So part of our schedule and our busy schedules is non-busyness. So what about you, Kim? What do you do? Well, you've heard of um, quickies and things like that. <laughs> husband that travels a lot I am a solo mum eight months of the year pretty much and it's full on and I've got two children that are not just you know fun athletes they're committed you know representative rugby cricket and dancing children so they're out five six days a week I then try and fit in my own marathon training because I want to run a marathon in a couple of years and I want to eat healthy and I've got to shop and I've got all of that so I sit there sometimes even saying it I go wow how do I do it sometimes how do you do that but but I'm like everybody else listening to this it's there's no difference between me and you Karen or me and you Cindy or any of us it's what becomes a priority and to me health and my family is my number one priority and everything else fits in and around that and you know they always say ask a busy person to do something you'll get it done I don't know more people than you two that I know get things done quicker and more than anyone else I know so I think the more healthy you are the more committed you are to your own self-care and own self-awareness the more you do get done Mm. and the more you are able to achieve and with that comes all the endorphin release you release serotonin and dopamine because you feel good about life you want to do more you want to contribute more and more important to me I actually want to give more yeah it's a beautiful thing and you know what? I love being around you guys. And, and and I say that because there are some people I don't want to be around mm. because they're miserable, they're tired, they're sick. Life's hard. You know, whereas I never get that with with people that are busy. Yeah, it's awesome. So mm. I think I think be I think if there's a message to take out of this podcast today, it's be somebody that people want to be around. Yeah. Mm. And you become that simply by choice. 
Now, we would love to hear your views on all of this, and we really want to hear what habits you've got in place and how you make your life work. You know, there are so many challenges that are presented to us as humans and as business people and as mums and as dads, and no no matter what we're doing in life, life tends to throw us challenges. So tell us how you get by. Tell us how your life works for you. Now, jump straight on to our um, website, which is thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat and leave your comments, leave your thoughts and leave all of your questions there for us. We're checking them daily. So make sure that you do that. Now, join us again, your professional reminders here on Up for a Chat next week for more exciting information and be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.